Can I get an amen? You got an amen? Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Hey, y'all. Welcome to Can I Get an Amen? We are hoping that anytime you tune in with us, we're leaving you a little bit better than you were before we found you. In our podcast, we hope to ignite something inside of you as we share our passion for personal growth, finding our God-given talents and gifts in this world, and also our love for living an intentional life. And that something sparks inside of you um, makes you, you know, shout out. Amen. Amen. Quick shout out to our nonprofit organization of the month, Hospice of Acadiana. My gosh, the only nonprofit hospice company that we have here in town. And I think that just speaks so beautifully to God's work and what he's doing through these guys. It's absolutely amazing. Um, so we're highlighting them this month. Christy, tell us a little bit about, um, what we've witnessed so far through Hospice of Acadiana. Yeah, so the cool thing is that Hospice of Acadiana partners with our friend, Kent Zarain, oh. Food with Love. Uh, Kent and his people provide yummy and delicious meals to those families who are on hospice care. Not only do they provide nourishment physically, but spiritual nourishment. They mm-hmm. go in and pray with the families. Um, and they just listen and minister and help them to, you know, just get ready to meet yeah, in the most beautiful way. And so, if you're interested in um, helping out and donating for both causes, you can visit hospiceofacadiana.com and click the donate button and support their ministries. And you know that your dollars are going to a great organization. Absolutely. Um, I think there's a common misconception too in hospice care. This isn't just for you know your loved ones in their final days, but just terminally ill patients in general. Um, what a beautiful ministry to be able to go and just love on people the way that the Lord loves us, um, particularly in some of the toughest moments yeah. of these these families and these people's lives. Um, so hospiceacadiana.com. You guys go check them out. Make a donation highlighting our amazing, beautiful nonprofit of the month. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. It is our 150th episode. I know. And y'all, all my dreams are coming true. We are with Father Floyd Colley. And thank you for saying yes and letting us come over. Oh, it's my pleasure. We want to know all about you. Tell us. I don't think you do. A little, <laughs> but just tell us a little bit. Okay. A little bit. Starting with where you're from. Oh. I'm from the big town of Cecilia, Louisiana. <laughs> Born and raised? Born and raised. And raised, okay. And said my first mass in Cecilia. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. When did you know you wanted to be a priest? I think uh, I made up my mind to be a priest when I was probably in the sixth grade. Wow. Tell us more. Why I wanted to be a priest? Uh-huh. Well, all the priests we had up to the time Father Brocke came there, they were all foreigners and uh, not very easy to get along with. And then Father Brocke came in as our pastor, and I thought heaven had opened up and part of God had come down. He was such a great, great guy. He's like a father to me. And... uh the first time he said Mass, I was serving. I was an altar boy. So I served that Mass. And after Mass, he said, 
he pulled me aside. He said, are you the one thinking of being a priest? Oh, wow. And I was, but I said to myself, why in the name of heaven does he know that? <laughs> I said, well, yes. I said, how do you know that, Father? He said, the priest I replaced, he told me to be on the lookout among the altar boys because there was one in there that looked like he might want to be a priest. Wow. And that was me. Oh. That was April of uh, 1942. And... um September 7th of 1942, a 15-year-old boy by the name of Floyd Colley left Cecilia, went to the seminary, and stayed in school nine years and was ordained a priest on June 3rd, 1950. Wow. Wow. So 72 years you've been a priest. 72 years. Wow. Okay, you were right. Yeah. You I went to remember that story. 15? 15 years old. Yeah. What was that like? Well, I'm an only child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, poor mom would say, Floyd, don't you, don't you get lonesome over there? Aww. I didn't want to tell her no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I had a lot of boys to play with. Mm-hmm. Mama was kind of strict. Uh-huh. And uh, she didn't let me go out too much to play with kids. Mm-hmm. So when I got to the seminary, can you imagine I joined, I don't know, another 50 boys? So we had a great time. What was your favorite thing to do in seminary? In his favorite thing to do? Yes. Well, there were a lot of the good things, you know, that, that we did. Oh, it's funny. This is a funny thing. My desk mate, he and I arrived at the same, on the same day. He was from Eunice. We arrived on a Monday. On th- Thursday afternoon, he said, when uh, when do they allow it to start dating? <laughs> I said, to start what? <laughs> Did he go to the wrong school? <laughs> I said, where where'd you, where'd you get on the bus to get here? <laughs> you had to break the news to him? I said, I said first of all, if they let you date, where would you find a girl in the woods here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Okay, we ask everybody this question. Mm-hmm. If you could create a Mount Rushmore of four people that have influenced you the most in your life, mm-hmm. in your Catholic faith, mm-hmm. who would be on it? Because mom and dad, mm. uh, my daddy couldn't read or write. His father kept him on the farm, and they lived within the shadow of the school. And it was so sad because he had such a great mathematical mind. Golly, Moses. The things he could figure out in his head without paper and pencil was amazing. But uh, mom and dad, of course, uh, Father Brocke, when he came, that was it. I knew that's what I wanted. I wanted to be just like him. Wow. And uh, when he, uh, <laughs> this is funny. We we uh, had built a new church, and then they had come to bless, the bishop came to bless it. 
They invited many priests, and he came as a young priest. He was 33 years old. He came from Crowley. He was the associate there. And the the, uh, rumor was that he was going to take the place of the priest who was leaving. So Mama said to me, Saturday was his first day there, and he would be hearing confessions that afternoon. So Mama said, Flo, what a confession, and see if it's him. In, <laughs> in those days, the confession, you could hardly see. So I, was, I said, well, Mama, I don't have any sense. She said, go make one, and then go to confession. <laughs> was it him? So It was. It was, yeah. So I went home and brought the good news. And, <laughs> I but I didn't news. sin. You didn't no, sin? No, I didn't sin. No. <laughs> what did you say in the confessional? What I'm here. <laughs> I want to tell a lie. Oh. <laughs> oh, my. Do you remember what his advice was? What did he say? No, I did. I, oh, okay. I, I made a regular confession. Oh, okay. He said, let me go to the seminary. <laughs> <laughs> but he stayed, uh, I think it was 13 years. When he left, they had a big farewell party for him. And the only place that would contain the people was a football field. There was no building in Sicily big enough to wow. hold that crowd. I'm sure almost everybody in Sicilia went to that. Mm-hmm. So they asked me to be the master of ceremony. And uh, I was. And I told that story, what Mama said. The lady standing next to Mama said, Aline, is that true? <laughs> You're going to have flow, huh? <laughs> you know, flow. <laughs> oh. What's your best memory of your mom? The best memory of mom. Mama's faith really was a great influence in my life. Uh, and and dad is too. My daddy was what a guy. If only it had an education. It was such a shame to deny an education to a, a kid. Mm. I mean, like, just think, Daddy would come to Lafayette. He couldn't drive in Lafayette. Couldn't read. Mm. But he was a kind man. When I was ordained, the night before, I slept at the seminary. I was. Uh, I had one classmate for the diocese, and we stayed. That's where we spent the night. This morning, picked us up the next morning, brought us to the cathedral. And when I got to the cathedral, the ordination was at eight o'clock. It was about seven thirty. My dad was walking outside. It was drizzling. Said, Daddy, what you doing? I said, man, it's 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 cold. And it's, it's drizzling. What you doing outside? He said, I'm nervous. I said, I'm the one being ordained. <laughs> he said, but I'm the daddy. Oh. 
enjoyed my priesthood. Very proud. I remember uh, you know, years ago when a, when a man met a woman, he tipped his hat. Same thing with the priest. No, they don't. They don't do that. But um, I remember going to a funeral in Sicilia. My first appointment was in New Iberia. I went to a funeral. I got to the funeral home. There were uh, a bunch of men outside, and in those days they all wore hats. So I walked up to them. That old, the last one of my daddy. I said, I wonder what he's going to do. Got to him. I said, well, I knew he was going to do it. Yeah, he was uh, quite an influence over my life. After he retired, he was a farmer. After he retired, he went to church often during the week. And uh, my mother went every day. All the time I was in the seminary, my daddy was working. Mama went to Mass. Either she rode my bike (laughs) to the church or she walked. And... uh, you can about imagine what it meant to them when their own son became a priest. Man. When, uh, after the ordination, <clears throat> after the ordination mass, people were told they could go outside and come back and get the blessing or just stay. And then people would come to the communion, really, and you'd bless them. So my mother was first, of course. Well, after I blessed her, I said, I'm the boss now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure I was, but I tried. (laughs) Did she laugh? (laughs) Where do you get your sense of humor? Were you always this funny? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt about that. You think Jesus has a sense of humor, huh? He had to. He had to. Had to. So good. Father Moog, who was my, uh, the other associate in New Iberia with me, he said God had to have a sense of humor. All the crazy people he made. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. Oh, man. No, I wanted to get back to his Rushmore. So we had your parents, Father Brocke. So you have two more for your Mount Rushmore. Two more influential people in your faith. What would the other two be? Because Father Brocke, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh The sacredness of a woman's influence. 
gather with the Diocesan Marriage and Family Life Office and the Light Project for a Mother's Day reflection as we explore the sanctity of motherhood and the impactful influence of women. Drawing inspiration from the narrative of Mary of Bethany, we'll examine the importance of influence, our innate sacredness, and the brilliance of the feminine spirit. Our very own Leah Landry and Christy Fredu will be your speakers at this beautiful event. This one's for the mamas. It's a Mother's Day reflection at the diocese. Register before May 3rd um, on the diocese website. We will plug that for you in the show notes. You can also visit our website, and um, we hope to see you there. It could also be saints. It could be a saint as well. A living person or a saint? Well, the only picture of a saint in our house when I was growing up was St. Teresa Mm. of Lysia. I was very attached to her. Uh, I certainly prayed a lot before exams, you know. (laughs) Please help me. And uh, then later on, I ran into Father Brennan. He came here from uh, from Philadelphia. And uh, one of his duties was, he was assistant at Fatima. One of his duties was to visit the patients at, uh, at the hospital. Mm-hmm. And he ran across a little girl that had 12 years old, had leukemia. Uh, the mother of this little girl wanted her to know she was dying. First of all, she asked the doctor. The doctor said, look, I have kids. I, mm, mm. I, I can't do it. Father Brenda was ordained just about a year and a half. Wow. And, uh, no, a month and a half. And uh, the mother asked him, well, the priest, you know. So he said, God, give me the strength to do it. So he said three things to her. Number one, honey, you know you're a very sick little girl. I know that, Father. You're not going to leave this hospital well. I know that, Father. Soon a beautiful lady will come to take you home. Uh, she said, oh, you're speaking of my blessed mother. When she comes, I will say to her, please be good to Father Brennan because when I was sick, Father Brennan was good to me. Wow. And then she died. So uh, I never saw her, never never met her. But I was certainly impressed by what, what Father Brennan told me. So... Uh, one of my assignments down the years was chaplain at the old charity hospital. I, I think I did a lot of good there, but you know, I'm, now you know I'm a not going person. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to be in a parish. So I told that to Father Brennan. <laughs> he said, well, Did you ask Charlene? said, Charlene, Charlene's not the bishop. (laughs) (laughs) 
He said, well, ask God to ask, the, ask God to help you. So I said, okay. I said, Charlene, please ask God to inspire the bishop to give me a parish. And two weeks later, I got a letter from the bishop wow. appointing me to Richard, Louisiana. So I called Father Brennan and I said, hey, Joe, I got good news and bad news. He said, well, what's the good news? I said, uh, I have a parish. He said, what the hell could be the bad news? I said, I don't know where it is. <laughs> he said, well, uh, let's go look for it. So we took off. Uh, he knew the priests are replaced because they would sometimes meet and visiting Charlene, you know, they'd meet each other in the room. So, but he didn't know that. And that was Charlene's... Parish. Yeah. Yeah, wow. So, we took off. We found the place, rang the doorbell, the priest came to the door. He said, Father Brennan, would you like to see where Charlene is buried? I said, now, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold the phone. She's here? Yeah. Is Charlene Richard buried here? Oh, wow. And he said, well, she'd be your first door neighbor. Cemetery right next to, to, to the church. I said, well, y'all go out in the house, do what you got to do. I'm going to the grave. I got to go thank that young lady for giving me a parish. Oh, wow. And uh, the bishop had said, They need a church. Well, my first Sunday, the collection was, open your ears, $78.75. And Floyd College is going to go build a church on that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was not going to, I couldn't happen that way. I said, well, I went to school a long time. I can, I can write. I'm going to write to some people. I'm... I'll never meet on this side of the grave. The first person I wrote to was Floyd Patterson, the former heavyweight champion of the world. I had never seen him. I still have not seen him. And my letter was something like this. I said, Dear Floyd, maybe you'll wonder why I'm writing to you, but I'm doing it for two reasons. Number one, we share the same first name. <laughs> I said, number two, we're from the Deep South. I think he's from Alabama. And I said, segregation, you know, is a problem. And I mean to change that. But I need a billion in which to get the people to listen to me. If you can help me, please do. It was uh, three months when I heard from him. He was in Europe all that time. I didn't know that. Finally, I got a letter apologizing for not not uh, responding in due time. So uh, in the letter was a check for $1,000. Wow. I reached out $1,000 at that time. I said, maybe I could build a church and a half with that, you yeah. know. <laughs> 
Then um, a man from Lafayette, I, I had been assisted at Cathedral, and I met a lot of people when I was here. But this man was a, was a contractor. He calls me. He said, Father, uh, I understand you're trying to build a church in Richard. I said, you use the right verb. I'm trying. <laughs> he said, well, listen, I want to build that church for you. I said, what do you mean you're going to build that church for me? He said, uh, I'll build it, and whatever it costs me is what it'll cost you. Wow. And, and he said, oh, that's my donation to the church. But what I thought would be uh, seven or eight years away, two and a half years later, on Thanksgiving night, and the birthday of Floyd J. Colley. No. I said wow. the first mass. <gasps> wow. Ping, ping, ping. In wow. That the yeah. Holy Spirit. Yeah. Wow. And it, we, had no, we had no problems after that. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they used to have a bazaar. And bazaars, I found out, can be an instrument of lack of peace. People fight over, they want this, wants this table, that table, do this. So I said, oh, we, don't, we don't have to do it that way. I said, we're, gonna, we're not having bazaars anymore. You're going to have for the college's way of getting money. <laughs> so, I said, in, this, in the spring, before you plant your seed, your cotton seed, whatever, we're going to have a mass of a petition asking God to, to bless the crops. We're going to have a special mass Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. You come to mass with a handful of cotton seed, whatever. I'll bless the seeds. Go home and mix it with the other seeds. And then in the, uh, in the fall at harvest time, We'll write a letter to the to God thanking him for uh, the good crop you had. I said, now I'll furnish the envelopes. I said, you'll have to furnish the paper. And remember, God painted the whole world green. (laughs) 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 He, uh... He likes green. And uh, that's all I'm going to tell you. That's all you said. And I'm going to leave it at that. We got got more money than (laughs) we ever got at these bazaars. And people did it in peace. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I left, the church was paid for. Wow. Cool. How long were you there? Seven years. Seven years. The year of completion, right? Mm-hmm. Seven is the number. And remember, of I said what I said about Saint Teresa a while ago. I've always wanted to be in a church named Saint Teresa. There were only two in the diocese. One was in uh, Karen Crow, I think, and the other one in uh, Abbeville. So uh, I said, no, I can't. I can't ask Charlene to get me out of Richard. But at least I let her know 
how I feel about it all. Mm-hmm. One morning, it's how busy I was. I was sitting in my office looking at my shoes. <laughs> wondering, <laughs> wondering if I should go to Eunice or Church Point for shoe shine. <laughs> the phone rings. This is the bishop. Good morning, bishop. He said, uh, I guess you heard that uh, the priest in Abbeville left at St. Teresa. He said, uh, I would like you to take his place. Uh, I said, well, Bishop, uh, you talking about next June? He said, I'm talking about next week. I said, well, I can't go next week. He said, you sick? I said, no, I said, I have confirmation coming up. And I said, you know, I'm training those kids. And what he said, the bishop is the one who confirms it. What's, what's your problem with that? No, no, I said, no, there's no problem. I said, it's just that I'm teaching them. And he said, um, well, I'll be confirming them. So I said, well, okay, I'll be ready. So the following, this was on Thursday, March the 7th, 1968. On uh, Thursday, March 14th, I said goodbye to Richard. Wow. Yeah. Charlene acts fast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I ended up at St. Teresa Catholic Church. How long were you there? Uh, I was there nine years. Guess what they needed when I got there? Money. <laughs> church. A <Wow>. church. <gasps> okay, did did um, St. Therese ever give you a rose? No. No? Okay. Just let me have a good grace in the sun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even better. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So how did you build the church in Abbeville? <clears throat> you ready for that one? Yeah, I am. <laughs> I want all the stories. Uh, the bishop, I had a meeting with the bishop, and he said, uh, the budget, it could not go over $228. Well, I didn't know how, what kind of money was coming in. So uh, when, when we decided, okay, we, we're going to see about it, had a, a, a architect, the same one who designed the one in Richard. He designed the one in uh, uh, Abbeville, and uh, he wasn't he wasn't Catholic. His father was a Baptist preacher. Wow! So we got more than material things. We got spiritual things too. Yeah. One day he said to me. The uh, the architect says, "Father," he said, um, "You think I would be a? He was a good, wonderful man. Would I be a better Christian if I became a Catholic?" I said, "Well, let me let me ask you one question." So you you're a great gentleman. I said, uh, "You're a good good spiritual man." 
I said, but if it's true, and I said, you know the Bible because your father's a Baptist preacher. <laughs> if, <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I said, if it's true that uh, when we receive communion, we receive the body and blood of Christ, would that make you a better Christian? He said, when can I start taking instructions? Yeah. Wow. I said, next visit. So he would come by twice a week, so sad to look at the construction. How was it progressing? <clears throat> but he said, don't tell my wife. <clears throat> and uh, they had first, when they first got married, they lived in Lafayette. That was a cathedral. She came to see me one day crying. She was Catholic and she said, our family would be so much nicer if we were both Catholic. She said, would you pray for that? I said, every time I say mass at the consecration, I would say, please give Sam the grace to be Catholic. And it took a long time, but, with, you know, so he gets home. She didn't know he was taking instructions. Wow. And she said, uh, he said, I want to talk to you. Let's go to, let's go to the bedroom. Couldn't imagine what was going on. He said, baby, I want to invite you to something that's going to happen Thursday night at church here. What's that, Sam? Well, the college is going to receive me to the Catholic Church. Sam, how can you be Catholic? Don't you have to take instructions? Say, what the hell do you think I was doing? <laughs> So, uh, anyway, he became a Catholic. That's Eucharistic beautiful. minister, lector, wow. the whole bit. Oh, yeah. Dove yeah. right in. And then uh, he died uh, a few years ago. Yeah, I was at that funeral. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. So, uh, as the story of Abbeville. But let me tell you about the uh, that budget. When we, uh, the night before we were to receive the bids, I kind of got scared. Said, if it's above 228000 I have to go through all that. So I, I was visiting my, uh, my secretary and her husband I went that night before, and I expressed my fears. And the husband said, well, isn't Charlene your buddy? I said, well, yeah. He said, well, let's go to Richard. 10 o'clock at night, took off of Richard. Asking Charlene to ask God to keep those bids down. The first bid was 333000 The fourth was $227,800. Sold. <laughs> so we built the church. Yeah. <laughs> and the first mass in that church was Christmas Eve. Wow. Yeah. So beautiful. So, anything else you want to know? I want to know everything. 
<laughs> what else has Charlene done for you? Oh, or honey. for the people that you love or that you bring to her? It, the, the, she, uh, the, she knows. She knows. <laughs> she knows. She knows. So where did you go after Abbeville? I went to St. Genevieve in Lafayette. Okay. What year did you go to Holy Cross? 1982. Yeah, okay. That's right. You were born in 83, right? 85. 85. Now get me the picture of the little girl. I was sitting in here one day. A priest comes to visit. Gave me a big hug. He said, um, the Pope sent me here. And then he sent you a gift. I said, oh, the Pope sent me a gift? Opened up the box. First class relic of Charlene Richard. <gasps> you hold it. It's a, it's a piece of, of a finger. Ooh. What? That is amazing. Oh, my goodness. See, those words uh, are in Latin. Ex cordibus. From the bones. I don't want to hold it longer. Yeah. Okay. He said, get her back. That is beautiful. <laughs> Pass this around. Next show in town. That young lady, when she was, uh, well, I was at Holy Cross, the doorbell rang one afternoon. I go to the door, the man, the man that cried so much he couldn't talk. I said, what's the matter? Finally, when he was able to talk, he said, we just found out today that my three-year-old granddaughter has an inoperable malignant tumor in her abdomen. I said, well, I said, I'll tell you what. I, I said, let's go to Charlene's grave. I told him about Charlene. Uh, I said, Let, let's go tomorrow. So we went and we prayed and we came back. And it continued giving her a little, little chemo to shrink it to the size where they could remove it. And um, after, I don't know how long it took, but they did an MRI and found out it had shrunk to the point where they would take it out. So they came and told me that. It's going to be done Wednesday, they said. No, I said, it's not going to be done Wednesday. Maybe it'll be done Wednesday. It's not going to be done until we go back to the grave. So we went back. Uh, they opened her up on Wednesday. Not a sign of a tumor. And so that, that's, this is her? Yeah, that's, that's her. The little girl. God. She was three years old? She was three years old. That is amazing. But I don't know how old she was. I don't remember how old she was when they opened her up. Mm -hmm. See, but she, uh, she, she's had four kids since then. And I gave a talk at St. Jude's Church one night. Uh, people were invited to come and they want to know more about Charlene. And uh, the place was packed, but 
I wanted to invite her, but I said, maybe she wouldn't, you know, like that. So I didn't. What I didn't know, her aunt took her. She was in that audience. And um, I, I didn't know she was in there, but of course I told her story that night too, part of my talk. And uh, at the end of the talk, I saw this young lady walking towards me. Her aunt said, <laughs> she said, go hug Father Carter. When she did, oh my God. I, when I saw her walking, I, I told the people, I said, you're looking at a walking saint. And mom in the room went up. You were there, huh? Yeah. She yep. stole the show. Huh? She stole the show. Sure, yeah. I don't know. I didn't know why I had gone. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody had to tell the story. Yeah. Wow. So. We had a friend that was um, diagnosed with cancer. He came on our podcast. He's not Catholic. And one of his friends that he worked with is Catholic. And she was praying the rosary for him. And she said, let's go to Charlene's grave. And they went to Charlene's grave. Um, and then he had to do a bone marrow transplant. And after he did the transplant, I mean, he's been in remission and he's been good ever since. And so I have to think that she's touching so many lives and so many people uh-huh. in these little ways, whether they're Catholic or not. It was a beautiful story. Oh, yeah. She uh, she likes non-Catholics as much as Catholics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She likes everybody. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wow. How beautiful. What's next for her? I know as part of the canonization, what part is next? Well, I asked that priest who came, because that's what he does. He travels around and gets uh, reports, and he said it looks good. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. So they pay our ride to Rome when she's canonized. We're going, huh? Yes. First class trip. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Carry the first class relic with you. Yeah. (laughs) We need to be there. Where are you getting buried? Because I'm going to come and pray to you. (laughs) When you go. You pray to me now because I can hear you. Oh, I do. (laughs) Because I can hear it. (laughs) I'll be buried in Sicilia. Okay. Good. In the mausoleum. Beautiful. You're going to be the first St. Floyd? Oh, interesting story there. <laughs> when uh, when I went to the seminary, I went to register. What's your name, Floyd Colley? What's wrong with your mother? <laughs> I said, I don't know, maybe a lot of things that I don't know about. <laughs> what do you mean? Didn't you know Floyd's not a saint's name? I said, oh, yeah. I said, my middle name is Joseph, so that's covered. Uh, yeah, she knew it was not a saint's name. But she liked the name so much, she was hoping someday there would be a saint. <laughs> 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 
Oh, he didn't he thought I was being sassy. <laughs> and I guess I was. <laughs> Kinda. Yeah, come to find out. Half sassy, half truth. Yeah. Yeah. So um just think a little girl is up there watching this whole thing here today. Until I, I, I fell and I can't, I not been able to walk for a while, long time. But I used to take people there uh, twice a month or more. Wow. Yeah. We'll be there this weekend. Oh, we'll be there on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Oh, for that retreat? For the retreat. Mm-hmm. So we'll go talk to her. Now, retreat is for which, which parish? For Richard. Richard, St. Edward's, yeah. Okay. Well, that's nice. Mm-hmm. That's your church, right? That you built? Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful church. Is it for that little country town? Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Very nice church. It is beautiful. <laughs> I was 23 when I was ordained. When I was first ordained, I didn't know half the priests. Right. <laughs> because they were too old. Right. <laughs> I still don't know half of them because they're too young. Yeah. <laughs> At one time, I was the youngest I was the youngest priest in the Diocese of Lafayette. Wow. I was 23 years old when I was ordained. Uh, and now I'm second oldest. 95? I'll be, yeah. You'll be 95? I'll be 96. You'll be 96 in November. November. Wow. Who's got you beat? Who's got you beat? My cousin. Your cousin? He's from Cecilia. Who's that? Father T.J. Airberry. Oh. He's 99. Wow. Man. This is unusual, but we're both from Cecilia. Uh, in Cecilia, the, 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 the name Theord is not a very common first name. Mm-hmm. There are two Theords in Cecilia. Each one is a son of priests. Each one is a son named Floyd. Come on. What? Yeah. And he's 99. He's not living not far from here. He's in a retirement now. So Assisted living. Yeah. And uh, he'll be he'll be 99 uh, February 2nd. And I'll be 90. So I'm right behind him. What's the most, or what was the most challenging thing about being a priest at such a young age? It was a great advantage. Mm. I worked a lot with young people. Mm-hmm. When I went to uh, St. Peter in Iberia, the, um, the priest asked me, he said, so would you, uh, would you mind working with the public school kids? I said, right down my alley. I was going to do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I said, uh, sure. Because <clears throat> after confirmation, they didn't, they didn't go to class or anything. So I went to school, public school, to see who was the captain of the football team. I figured if they named him captain, he's a leader. Mm-hmm. So I pulled him aside. And I, uh, I told him what I wanted to do. I said, could you, could you get people organized for me? I'll do the best I can. I'll call you. 
He called me after a few days and he said, I got 10. So Jesus told him with 12, 10 is not bad. <laughs> so so uh, they came on that Monday night. But uh, one of them didn't show up. He said he couldn't understand that because he was so excited about doing this that um, he said he was sure he, he would be there. We looked outside. He was sitting on the curb of the road, and he said he had changed his mind. Two guys went down and physically grabbed him, brought him up. And... Uh, I said to myself, what good can I do with him? You can't give up. It's not you, it's, you know. So he never missed a class after that. Never. Guess what happened to him? He became a priest. Right. <laughs> he was trying to run. What's but, his name? Yeah, who's but that? But listen, he became a priest on the same date different year as Floyd J. Colley became wow. a priest. June 3rd. June 3rd. Yeah. God has a sense of humor, huh? Mm -hmm. So, never give up. Never give up. No. So I spent a lot of, a lot of time on the campus at the public school. Mm -hmm. I befriended the, the principal. The uh, geometry teacher's classroom right next to the principal's office and she was so catholic and it worked so hard if a kid gave trouble she'd send the kid to me and um the, the um ministerial association all the protestant ministers they got together they went to see the principal and complained that i was being too visible on the campus well, he said, you know, y'all are available. It's available to you, too. But mm -hmm. well, they didn't want to do that. So when she told me what had happened, she said, now, I don't know what he's going to do. So I'll find out this afternoon. I'll come see you so you'll see me and you'll tell me. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> He saw me pass. Said, "Father, can I see you for a minute?" And I'm thinking, "My school." <laughs> he said, "I want to thank you for coming here." He said, "It means a lot to us." He said, "I only have one complaint." I said, "Well, the complaint is you hear too much." He said, "We don't see you enough here." Oh wow! He became a Catholic. Wow! One Catholic he became a Catholic. That's beautiful. Every other Friday night, I had a dance in the uh, in the park, and, and uh, I would arrange to park my car right by the place, and uh, I would I, I could tell who really wanted to be apostolic, <laughs> so I would tell them. Now, you know your friends, you know who's not going to church, confession, what have you. Tell them I'll be in the car during the dance. I don't dance, so I'll be dancing in my car. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them that they could come talk to me. Oh. 
It's formal. I'm going to confession. Oh. Wow. That was the first mobile confessional. Look at wow. that. You were ahead of your time. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. <clears throat> what kind of car? What kind of car was it? A 1949 Ford. Don't like Ford that. Tech. It was a nice confessional. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like it. Okay, Father, what else do you want our listeners to know? If you could tell the world any one thing, what would it be? Oh. Well, first of all, let me tell them this. I've been a priest. Uh, it'll be 72 years yeah. in June. Or 73. What else? 72 or 73. And uh, it's been the most wonderful life I could have lived. Uh, I would do it over and over and over again. Uh, I enjoy people. I enjoy seeing people happy. And when you're loving God, you're happy. And so I spent my whole life doing that. And I would do it a thousand times again. Uh, I never missed a thing. The Lord was always, always on my side. And I always tried to be on his side. So that was a good combination. Um, and I would tell the parent, please uh, offer that up to your children as a possibility. Uh, and, and pray that uh, one day God will call one of your one of your children to be a priest. There was a lady here yesterday. Happy, 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 happy. She has three boys, two are priests. She is so happy. And uh, I have not met one unhappy parent of a priest. Just think, you have someone at that altar every day changing bread and wine into, your, into the body and blood of Christ. When, uh, when a priest is ordained, they uh, anoint his hands with oil. And then you wrap your hands after with a cloth. And then that's given to you. You give it to your mother. She keeps it. And uh, when when she dies, uh, you have you know you wrap the rose around the hands. When your mother dies, after they have wrapped the rose around her hands, and you wrap that cloth around her hands, and uh, God, that was a. Uh, a great experience for me, you know. So um, somebody said, well, why, why do that? I said, well, your mother dies and she appeared before the pearly gates and the Lord says, what did you do for me? <laughs> I gave you a priest. Yeah. So 
my mom uh, had asthma for 18 years. I mean, every winter, mama came so close to dying, couldn't breathe. They visited me at St. Ben for the first time. I left on September 7th, 42. Uh, they visited me on uh, October 15th, 1942. She had an attack of asthma at the seminary. Never had one after that. Wow. Never did. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. How long have we been at it? An hour. Perfect timing. Good. Yes. And you are on my Rushmore. So thank you for letting us come today. Oh. Go ahead. <laughs> I didn't know what that was all about. <laughs> Just making dreams come true. That's it. Okay. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you, Father Colley. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Can I get an amen for this? Amen. amen.